and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or ever listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Michael Block Talk, and on Twitter slash X at Block Talk NYC for all the latest news, reviews, and interviews. The colors were shining bright, but the looks, maybe not so much. The first design challenge took a toll on some of the queens as the first official elimination was was upon me. It's time to talk all things Drag Race Belgique 2. And here with me is Rainbow Bright herself, OG Fag. Hello. Bonjour. You've been practicing saying that all week. Exactly. Listen, I'm like, I thought I would maybe only need the French for Drag Race France, but apparently, you know, we're doing the French over here too. So practice. Well, your bonjour was probably better than mine. So friends, I apologize. Pronunciations. (laughs) They are what they are. I'll get better eventually. But as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We're discussing reality. Do you have a show characters as presented to us? Reality production. We are shown the editing of a television show wants to see. We react to what is presented to the real thing. Come on out to it. Don't enjoy the craft. They've also put themselves in position to discuss what's on the podcast. We're entertained to discuss reality on the show. Two episodes in. Obviously, the first episode, a little wonky. Something, some, some, something, something in the air. Yes, I would say so for sure. Like, there are some interesting vibes. But we got one of the best talent show performances ever from Lavov. Oh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think even like, you know, Alvilda with the, I mean, even though she slipped with the whole fire mm-hmm. and just the energy and the force. And I mean, that really blew my mind. So the talent Meanwhile, show was really solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's go through this because there's a lot to talk about. Are you ready? I am ready. Well, after the talent show, the queens are all safe and seem to be quite surprised. Uh, baby, they made it. Um, don't you love it when the queens will start singing the drag race songs because it's infused in their brains forever and ever? Yeah, it's just the osmosis. The whole drag race universe is slowly, slowly, I mean, maturely. I can't think of the word phenomenon without the song. I can't not hear Lucky and hear Candy Muse trying to sing. And we should all always hear Candy Muse in our minds. She should all be our guiding force and energy. So I'm here for that. Now it will be Madam Yoko here to remind us all at home that not all of them did well. Thanks, Debbie Downer. (laughs) Do we believe that Gabbana was lucky? Okay, can I just say, though, I was a little bit shocked that she was the one who was eliminated and even that she was in the bottom two like i thought that was so shady Mm -hmm. so i so i'm like do you want to be good well so i was just i was so glad that it ended up being a non-elimination because i think like that was just not correct (laughs) yeah do you want to be the dolce to her gabbana i kind of do i she's one of my faves so far i'm like oh okay yeah now, Chloe would like to take the moment to remind the chat that she is the winner of the lip sync. I mean, technically, yes, that is what had happened. Right, right. But the looming weight of someone being the official first boot is still there. They have to start all over again. Now, with the missing queen, 
Do you think it was the right thing to do to use the double save here? Or was this something out of the girl's hand? So why penalize them? Yeah, I do think that it was ultimately the right move. And granted, circumstances, even putting them aside, I just feel like so often we've become accustomed to the first episode being a non-elimination. So I think there's also something to be said for that, right? Like sort of, you know what, give the girls their chance to have that first week, get the nerves out, get that first performance out, and then let's really do it week two. It's really becoming a shock when someone does get eliminated on episode one. Yeah, like quite literally. <laughs> While the level is crazy high, the race has just begun. It is a new day in the workroom, and we have Jurassic Drag, Tyranno Drag, Queens of the Middle Age with Botox and injections and lifts, and the vigor of youth. Can I just say that by age... I would be with the first group and I really don't know how I feel about that. The groupings made me laugh though, because it was like star was in the first one, right? Who's like late ish thirties, but then no, no, stars 44. So wait, who was stars 44? Lavove is 37. Okay, so maybe that's what it was. Lavove, then that's what I was thinking of, was in that first group. But then in the second one, it was like Sarah, who's only a couple years younger. So I was like, correct. I was like, let's workshop these groupings. Like, let's maybe right. figure and, that and, out and, a little bit. Uh, Sarah and Miss Madam Madam Yoko, they look younger. No, they look older than me. Let's be real. Let's be real. They're younger than me. I look better. Um, I'm gonna keep saying that. If you want to hate me, you can hate me, but something's working here (laughs) sarah logan says she is feeling rested with new energy and welcome to your kiss of death line how are you doing sarah don't say those words no 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 now this week the girls want to dance but some of the girls are ready for a design challenge i mean based on history if you start the season with the talent show design comes next so do your homework future ladies you should know what is going to happen The alarm sounds, time to get this day underway. In Rita's message, she tells them to get ready for a physical challenge. And I'm like, oh, are we going back to gym class? Um, I'm going to bet that gym was your least favorite class in high school. Yeah, like pretty much. I mean, pretty much my entire life. Like one of my favorite things and like memories of youth is actually back in elementary school Um, there was a time where we were supposed to be playing kickball for the class, but I like basically threw a fit about it and refused. So they, so there, yeah, because of course I did. So there was definitely at least one time where they let me be like the commentator. And I literally just got to walk around everyone else playing, pretending I had a microphone as if I was like a sports broadcaster, like living that full fantasy instead of actually. You were trying to be Ryan Seacrest. Like, basically, and like, they fully let me do it at least once. And then I think they were like, no, you child, you have to be doing physical activity like everybody else. But now I got to ask you the question that they tried to manage there. Can you touch your toes? I can. Okay. Okay. Um, I cannot. I am a top, so there's no need for me to do that. <laughs> um, But also, I will say back in the day, I was... Um, the sit and reach champion, I went beyond the box. That's how flexible I used to be. Um, yeah, it was between me and one of my very good friends and she and I both went past the box and they're like, 
how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know. And then theater made me fat. So that's there. <laughs> but also now I'm like, that can be a whole show in and of itself, I feel, beyond the box. Like that could be. Beyond the box. Yeah. Yeah. That the block. has some great potential. Here we go. Now Rita arrives and she is gold. Uh, very sparkly shit for the morning. Now I, I I can't confirm where this ensemble was purchased. It's giving ASOS. Yeah, very that. Is there no budget for Rita? I am thinking the answer is yes. Like, can just, we like I ask don't our dear friend Nikki Doll to help her out? Yeah, and it's just sort of, it's, yeah, it's not really, like, giving so far. It does feel like that. It's like, you know. She doesn't feel comfortable. Right. And I think that's a, such a good way of framing it because that's how I often feel when I, like, see Rita. She has a great personality. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, she has, she can have some wonderful energy and I think she can be playful and whatnot, but it's like things of the styling and the outfit sometimes. I'm just like, you don't look comfortable. Like that's such a good way of framing it. Just like- I don't know what she's like off camera. I feel like she probably is like me where if you can just put like pajamas on, we're happy. <laughs> Let me just like wear, you know, like, listen, we need to get like Drag Race Germany up in here. Like- <laughs> Right. Wear literally after teasing, couture. After teasing them that she heard they were all aspiring movie stars, a brand new action film starring Jean-Claude Van Damme is looking for a sidekick. The role will require them to do the splits all well-looking glamorous. Now to start, we all know who Belgium action star Jean-Claude Van Damme is, right? I loved that not even the cast knew. (laughs) Some of them were like, wait, who is this? The muscles from Bustles. No, of course we all know who Jean-Claude Van Damme was. He was like very big, at least in America in the 90s. Like there were a lot of movies and shit that we all knew who he was. Um, but yeah, I'm a little, I was a little surprised that there was not more of a reaction from the girls or they were just terrified to know what them saying Jean-Claude Van Damme and being drag queens, what the fuck they were going to make them do. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was the deer in the headlights. Like, what are we about to do? I was hoping that the treadmill would make a return from some of those, you know, from some of our sister seasons. Get that in there. For this week's mini challenge, they have to go through casting and show off their best Taekwondo in heels. Oh, and they have to fight the Freet crew. I mean, who was mad at that? Nobody. Nobody ever. Only 15 minutes for quick drag. Time to get sweaty before getting sweaty. Uh, what would you do for your action star quick drag? So I am a very big Kill Bill fan. It's like one of my favorite movies. Naturally. Yeah, very that. So I feel like I would go for like an Uma Thurman, you know, like po- mm-hmm. definitely a ponytail because I want to be able to whip. And then something with like maybe and yeah, a sort of like cute like jumpsuit kind of moment, like all that. In pink, probably. Yes, exactly. But definitely in a pink, a little pastel, maybe all that. Well, it's time to fight. And they they really said, we are going to do the most stereotypical things for this challenge. Taekwondo uniforms and the equally as stereotypical backdrop. I don't know what to feel. Yeah, it was a little bit... I do feel like it got a little uncomfortable, like watching. We live in a time where like mixed martial arts is a thing and we can play into that world where you could just put them in like a cage. You don't need 
um, to really go back to the Taekwondo of it all. But um, maybe that's my American perspective. And Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I would have the same perspective, obviously, and I I was feeling a little bit the way that you were. There were some parts of it where I was like, oh, this is like really almost maybe not okay. <laughs> well, Alvida is first and she's got the muscle suit. Commitment was there. It was. She had that full scenario going. Sarah Logan tried. Madam Yoko was accompanied by sound effects. You decide if they are racist. <laughs> Audience vote. <laughs> Lulu used her breastplate to fight, which I was like, okay, at least we got the drag perspective of how uh, a queen would battle. Exactly. Um, we had Morphe um, fall on her ass and then attack with her heels. Star, she had a yarn wig on and then used knitting needles to fight. At least that was camp. I really lived for that, honestly. That was like probably my favorite. The rest participated. <laughs> the rest tried their best. <laughs> the winner of the mini challenge is Madam Yoko. You do the math. I will say I did really love Madam Yoko did like this thing with her bob at one point where it almost seemed like she was trying to fight with the bob. And yeah. I thought that that was cute, but I was really, really here for the knitting needles. That was just so clutch. No. Oh, oh, gee, the only one to fight with the Bob is Maddie Morphosis. Also that. Yes. Hey, hey. <laughs> topical this week. <laughs> Very topical. All right. So she's also going to win an advantage of the Maxi Challenge. And speaking of this week, they will be seeing all the colors. The Freed crew arrives with a table of fabric and sewing machines. The time has come to sew for your life. There is no unconventional materials just want to remind everyone there are no unconventional materials yeah these are true. actual practical fabrics that yeah, you really use to put on your body just want to remind everyone and i'll reiterate this many times <laughs> they will determine what color palette they will be playing in by spinning a wheel but madam yoko will spin the wheel and get to decide who goes next each time we didn't get to see her pick them but we got to see the order she spins and lands on blue next up is sarah logan who will have green star gets pink lulu is assigned white alvilda gets orange laveuve gets purple please note that the last three colors are the colors of the belgian flag just saying coincidence whatever mm -hmm. Gavana has yellow morphe will get black leaving chloe clark with red I know the answer, but I'm going to allow you to answer. What color would you want? Yeah, I'm like, I'll give you my top two, because exactly, like, everybody knows. I would definitely want pink first, because mm -hmm. that is one mm -hmm. of my faves. But then also, one of my other favorite colors is orange. So if I didn't get yes. pink, orange would have been my next go-to. Like, would have been pulling for one of those two. Now, Oji, I just want to remind you again. These are un these are not unconventional materials. <laughs> this is actual fabric. What they is your strategy fabric. in a challenge like this where you have to use actual fabric to put on your body for a garment? Yeah, it's, I think, you know, I thought it was very interesting that it's the first design challenge and they didn't give them any unconventional materials. It's like, this is basically as straightforward as it can get. You just have to know the basics of sewing and be able to put something together. This is not wild territory. So one would assume that they would come prepared for that it's drag race literally that 
we'll talk about the results, but oh my god, it's like no one had ever seen Drag Race ever in their lives. It is just mind-boggling season after season, franchise after franchise. Like, you know, you know you're going to have to sew. The girls get their materials, and immediately we're setting up this challenge for Lulu Velvet. She seems to be the one who has studied fashion, so she believes the challenge is hers. We love when a queen knows who can do well. When they go through their goodies, well, it was some of the basics of items. Nothing fun and fancy, but they surely had more of a plethora of items than we didn't see, right? Because they basically got like a little basket and, and then all of a sudden they have like all these panels of colors and fabrics. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, I'm especially thinking of purple. Like purple, when they brought out the table, I don't remember seeing all of the sequins and sort of that right. pattern fabric. So clearly we only got to see a little bit. Now, I don't know much about the Belgian fashion scene in the sense of the fabric stores that are accessible to production. Um, I think this show is filmed in Brussels, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was no stretch fabric, which seems like a nightmare. Why would production do that to them? I really have no idea because... It is like you're dealing with drag performers who are going to have pads and like mm -hmm. curves, like, but yeah, it, the, a lot of the fabric seemed unforgiving, which was very interesting. And again, for the no queens, reason, because it was not unconventional materials or fabrics. Right. Like this was, exactly. this was literally just actual straight up design sewing. Where's the stretch fabric? Maybe, maybe the stretch fabric was too expensive at Joanne Fabric. Maybe, but I mean, that budget certainly didn't go to Rita's wardrobe, so. Now the queens get to playing and cutting, and we are going to get a lot of Chloe Clark stress-out content. She can't sew and can't figure out what to do. Chloe, you are beautiful. You're very cute. I'll take you on a date. And that, on that date, I will tell you, this is what you do if you ever go back on Drag Race. Number one, go take a sewing lesson. Girl. Like, I just Girl. take one lesson. Take one. Girl. Lavov tells us to use creativity. And Chloe's like, okay, I'm going to use a lot of glue. <laughs> girl. Fine, you can be a hot glue, glue. glue gun girl. Now, Morphe and Gabbana sit on the floor and discuss how yellow is a special color. Meanwhile, Nymphia Wind is in the States saying she holds all copyright on anything yellow. Period. The banana queen. Um, per perhaps Banana Lady will be... Um, actually the result of why Gabbana looks the way she does later, but we're going to put a pin on the yellow of it all. <laughs> Gabbana is going for Disco Latina for her concept. What will it be? She has no idea. Those are just the words she chose, and those are the words that are going to come out. Morphe wants to win this challenge by going not too conceptual or intellectual, as that's what she always does. But it still has to be her. So hot couture time. I would like to take a moment to talk about Morphe, as we'll, we'll discuss later on. I feel like you and Morphe would get along amazingly well down a rabbit hole of insert um, pill here. Yes, I, I would probably agree with that. I think especially her makeup and what she does with that. I mean, like sitting at the piano last week with an IV, like that was just so high art. Like we definitely have common ground. Is she delusional? 
because the show is making her seem very delusional. Yeah, I do think that they're doing her a little dirty in that way because when they have that whole moment and Rita is like talking to Morphe and she's like, uh, you know, I don't think you're getting me and you don't understand me. It's kind of like, I think they're they're editing her in a way that sort of, she's this totally just misunderstood artist and just has this energy of no one understands what I'm doing. So I think they're playing- Is it- there a generational thing? It, yeah, I, I feel like it could be. I feel like there's a little bit of that, like, you know, younger, artsy, whatever, and that's kind of where they're putting her. Now, Star and Sarah Logan are bitching about the lack of stretch, but the leather that they do have is fun. They might be Cape Sisters, dare I say, the Cape Crew Sisters. Um, again, Star and Sarah Logan very much old school drag artists they love to give you that little camp with the burlesque and the theatrics and the cabaret they live in the world of stretch fabric i'm sure they're both furious oh yeah exactly they have to be i mean come on but in a really interesting moment of editing we have sarah logan talking to star and then bang suddenly sarah logan is on the couches subtle jump scare we, we couldn't put something in between, like maybe put the Morphe conversation in between to like give us a little kind of like, oh, look, there's a little bit of a time lapse. Nope, just boom, boom. Yeah. Right, right They're to the like, neck. no, she is leaving. We need to give her on your screen all the time. Exactly. Get her that screen time before she's out of here. Well, she likes her color, but it's a tricky challenge. Has there ever been a queen that really said, I like green on Drag Race? Definitely not since Michelle Visage cursed it forever. Well, actually, okay, okay, well, on that note, uh, maybe Alexis Michelle. (laughs) Yeah, she loves green. She She does. When was the last time she wore green? (laughs) Lula says that white can pick up dirt easily. I don't know. Maybe don't put it on the floor. Just saying. Keep it on the table. Then we have Ilvilda saying that white is not a drag queen color and Seraphim would like to have some strong words. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm like, there are plenty yeah. of drag queens who use white and also look very stunning in white. I think white is a I very agree. like prominent drag color. Lula was showing some nerves, but the other two are like, you made all your outfits for the show. You're good. Stop. Stop. Alvilda is most stressed out about this challenge, and Sarah's like, if we get through this challenge, we're good. Little does she know, spoiler alert, she won't. Oops. The door opens, and either Rita is about to fall down the stairs, or those boots were not made for walking. You decide. (laughs) I will say, like, most of the sets, there's a bit of a ledge in between, like, the door and the first step. This one, it feels like it's, like, a step right down, and if you're not going down those stairs, you're, you're, you're falling. Yeah, oh, definitely. With the place a mess, Rita takes her spot at the table and summons the girls. First, we have Star, who is planning on making a long leather coat. It'll be a little punk with a dress. And Rita notes that it will be a form-fitting short dress. So she's going to show some legs. Rita won't add any pressure, but she knows that Star can make her own outfit, so they have a certain expectation. Is that fair? I I think that it is fair because, right, each contestant is going to have their own strength. And coming into it, mm-hmm. you're going to expect certain people to excel in certain areas based on 
the package that they've submitted when applying, like, you know, where their overall skills lie. So I don't know. I mean, granted, it's a tight time frame, So it's very different circumstances than uh, someone might normally be making their own outfit. But I do feel like it's fair to say we have certain expectations because of your background and what we know about you. Madam Yoko arrives frazzled and she is inspired by the Little Prince. Are you familiar with the Little Prince? I am, yes. Why is she inspired by the Little Prince? Of all the things Blue could be. Yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you. I was like, oh, work. Okay, Little Prince. Yeah, why not? But yeah, it, it was a little bit curious to me because like, where did that come from? Well, it fills her with wonder. I mean, there are a lot of things that fill me with wonder, but I don't design an entire bad look around them, just saying. <laughs> Rita can see that she's ambitious and tells her if she succeeds, she'll give her her wig. Do you think she got the wig? Well, I would hope so, because I do feel like she ultimately delivered. So I'd be like, Rita, where's my wig? Lavelle is going with a character from her imagination. She associates purple with evil queens, so she will be paying homage to them with an over-the-top smart outfit. Come on, is my realness. Yeah, and I'm thinking like Ursula too. You know, I think Disney has really gotten that. The Wicked Witch. Yeah, there, there's a lot of the Wicked yeah. Queen. There's a lot of Disney purple divas who are evil, evil, evil. Yeah, and I think that's where the association has come from. Like Disney has permeated mm -hmm. our minds in that way to be like purple must be evil villain. That's true. Thanks, Disney. <laughs> Rita tells her to be clear and clean as last week a queen wore a big coat dress that everyone expected to open and it didn't. So don't fuck it up this week again, Miss Level. There's no tarot cards this time to save your ass. No, there is not. But it's also, isn't there something to be said for that where we are in this moment in time where if someone is wearing a garment of a certain size, the expectation is always that there's a reveal. Like, I think mm -hmm. there's something very interesting about that to be said that someone Absolutely. just can't wear something that's more voluminous without having the assumption that there clearly has to be something underneath it to the point that you get disappointed when there's not. It's true. Now, Lulu has a lot of white tools. She will remind Rita that she is quite good with sewing. She started with the nightdress in white satin and a top of mesh, and Rita, call her intrigued. She knows that there will be a lot of see-through elements, so Lulu will be playing with volume because you can't show your Between Me Down there on television. Exactly. Gotta keep it family-friendly. Now, Rita will be like, since you boosted your skills, we will judge you as such. No stress. And then I ask you again, is that fair? I Okay, so I guess this is where I would fall with it. I think it's fair to have certain expectations of people who have a design sensibility, make their own garments, all of that. But to hold them to a different level and standard... I don't know about that. This is like everyone is competing in the same way. Right. It's, it's the same competition. You kind of have to judge equally. Right. With yellow, it's time for the new banana lady, Gabbana. She shares that she will have lots of bling, a skirt, uh, no pants, not, not doing pants. But you can't tell from the drawing because it's not good. Yeah, there was something that looked a little bit strange about the drawing. I understood where Rita was coming from with the confusion. Gabon is not feeling confident, and Rita tries to boost her confidence, and what we get is a really cute interaction. You can tell that Gabbana is a good fit as a character on the show. Now the runways just have to match her personality. 
Yeah, they could come up a little bit. But I think it's like the ideas are there with her, though. Because that was my thing yeah. about her week one was like, I got the runway, I got the concept, but like maybe we just need to elevate a little bit. Time for Morphe, and she drops the mannequin. Um, I guess she's nervous to be in the presence of drag race royalty Rita Vega. Yeah, very intimidating. She wants to be able to connect to the judges, and how will she do that? Designing an inside-out dress. Yeah, I was Kids like... these days. Oh. Well, because also, that was uh, this week on 16, right? Wasn't a... Uh... One of, or that was, uh, no, that I guess that was two weeks ago, right? No, that was just this past week. It was the doll. No, it was this week where they were t- discussing how to use the inside out to create your garment. Yeah, exactly. I was like, so it's trending this yeah. week in Drag Race. Let's use the reverse side of the fabric. I don't know. Well, she's going to be mixing textures and she sounds convincing, but is Rita buying the texture class? Rita tells her that with black comes mystery. So she will have to come out of her cocoon so they can fully up behind her. So it's time to get the introvert to become an extrovert in split seconds. Rita has her walk to the workroom entrance and basically play a game to fill up the space. And I'm like, why is this some weird ass company retreat exercise? Hard pass. This is weird. Yeah, because it's like, could you imagine being someone who airs on the side and kind of trends towards being an introvert? And then while you're in this room full of cameras, all the other girls working away on their outfits and Rita's like, you have to stand over there and scream. I would be like, what is happening? Get me out of here. Right. It, it, it was, it was a little rough, a little rough. Now, Chloe Clark, and she also is frazzled with their fabrics. Everybody's very frazzled. This is the challenge that's going to kill them all. Yeah, I guess so. But I also don't feel as though Chloe was that frazzled when she was coming over to the table. So that also made me laugh when she comes over with all of her stuff. And then Rita was like, calm down, calm down. (laughs) Right. Well, she's asking her to calm down. And I almost wonder if maybe there's just Chloe being in her head and having some language barriers to overcome. Because obviously she is Flemish. So Dutch is more her go-to language. Yeah, it could be. That could definitely be playing a role. Well, this is her first time sewing, and she is, in fact, stressed. So she will show Rita her very, very, very tiny drawing. Um, So much so that Rita's like, okay, now you're making me move. I have to move to get closer to see what this drawing is. Where's the microscope? Yeah, or like, I don't know, Rita, maybe get like some glasses or something. I mean, I don't know. Chloe is trying to explain her idea, and Rita's like, that's all very ambitious. I'm going to say perhaps... It was just all lost in translation because what we see in the photo and what Chloe's trying to talk about doesn't sound ambitious for what a design challenge is. Right. Especially using actual fabric. Right. Now, Sarah Logan will admit that she is not the best with a sewing machine, but she is a MacGyver of outfits. Uh, What a dated reference. Yeah. Now that you mention it a little bit. She says she always pulls it off, but. I guess she regrets saying that on camera. Yeah, and I'm sure the editors were like, we got her. (laughs) She is trying to give sexy Greek goddess with a lot of leaf accessories. And I'm like, bitch, why use unconventional items when you don't have to? Yeah, like you got all the fabric right there. 
Now, allegedly, everything that Rita sees in this drawing, she takes literally, so she wonders if Sarah will be exposing her shikari. Not on today. She just will have an open back with a short train. So much ambition from these non-seamstresses. Yeah, they all really had very high expectations for themselves here. Alvilda arrives, and she's got orange, a color she does not wear, except last week on the runway. It is always interesting when they're like, this is not my color. And then you're like, you literally just wore that color. What do you mean? Yeah. She is planning something glamorous, very Hollywood. It's going to be form-fitting. And Rita's trying to get the gist of the look. And she thinks it's very Jennifer Lopez. That's an understanding statement and reference we can get. Definitely. I was like, okay, yeah, I know that girl. Alvilda will milk this moment and say she is scared of the challenge. While she has used a sewing machine before, she has never made an outfit with it. What what did she... Did she fuck it? What did she do with the sewing machine? (laughs) Great question. Listen, if that's what she was doing with the sewing machine, I could be that sewing machine. (laughs) Okay? Rita will RuPaul up in this bitch and tell her that the real competition is herself. So profound. So true. Dare I say... The inner saboteur. We will see Elvilla crying confessional that she is her own worst enemy. And I just wanted to go and give her a hug. She doesn't want people to see her as a fraud. I was like, are we having a setup? Is this a setup arc here? That's kind of how it felt. And the, I mean, the level of the emotion too. I was like, my goodness, this is a lot for someone who really did well the first week. I don't know. And that's on that. Peace out, Rita. She doesn't even say goodbye. <laughs> yes, yes. Gone. Just like, okay, well, enjoy. Enjoy that emotional turmoil. It is Elimination Day. And in English, based on the translations, each queen will come in and say their color and follow it with the word power. And Lulu was quite smart to not say her color and the word power because I think saying white power would have been the end of her run on the show (laughs) i was terrified i was scared where it could have gone i am thanking god we did not get to that point but once they were all like black power i was like oh no she's not gonna say white power is she especially after they just did that mini challenge I was like, oh, no. I want to know who came up with it. Now I, now I had someone message me like, oh, it felt like Power Rangers. I was like, okay, sure, we'll go with Power Rangers. But no, that's not what this was. <laughs> oh, my God. Almost a PR as the girls get re- Yeah, as the girls get ready, we learn that Madam Yoko is having some doubts and hopes it will go well. Lulu will say it will go well as she has seen it. And apparently she has been helping the girls by offering advice. Get ready for the Lulu Velvet fashion show. Um, but can I just say one thing? She tells us she's been giving advice, helping the girls. Does she want to claim these? She really wants credit for any of these? That part. And then also, I thought it was interesting that we found that out, but like we didn't see it at all. No. Like, like mm-hmm. why didn't we actually get that content in the episode then? Because that seems like a lovely exactly. thing to show her helping people. Like, hey... Morphe loves sewing. Her grandma taught her. She felt it in her element, but the color. Black is complicated as it implies darkness. She uses her drag to bring out her own darkness and says if it stays in, it poisons her. Very profound, this young one. She's enlightened. 
Sarah will chime in that drag is a way to express the good and the bad inside of herself. It allows her to fully represent herself. Now, we are going to learn in a bit of a shock here that Lulu comes from an Arab family where drag and homosexuality are not discussed. They don't even exist. So when they found out she was gay, she felt she was all alone in the world. She was 14 and thought she was the only one like that. She goes on to say that her friend took her to a drag cabaret where she didn't know anything about it and it was a revelation. Drag made her feel free and accepted and made close friends where this drag gave her superpowers. It gives her a voice to be seen and heard. Let's start with this part of her story. Um, Obviously, very much someone who is white passing. So hearing that she came from an Arab family, Mm -hmm. kind of amazing to hear that uh, because diversity on some of the European franchises, not quite there, but clearly there is. Yes, yes, very true. And obviously we've heard stories of certain religions and cultures discussed on drag race where th- this is common thread yes absolutely she will now reveal that she was anorexic and it's still there and she keeps it hidden she says you can't cure it you just learn to manage and live with it it's why she used to be shy taking her shirt off but now part of her act is getting undressed on stage and she's doing it on tv which is a huge thing for her uh very much a winner's arc maybe a overall season winner's arc here yeah, I could see it. I mean, it's it's tough to tell so early sometimes. And I think there's a couple of people in play that could make it pretty deep. But yeah, all of this building up these uh, couple of elements of these stories across a couple of relatable topics for people, not just one particular story. But again, I think we're getting a couple of really important touch points. Certainly seems to be a trajectory for at least... a a performance that's going to take her deep into the season right now obviously discussing anorexia um it's becoming a little more prevalent on drag race where they're actually using the words um aside from um just having an eating disorder of sorts but we're we're, i mean obviously venus mentioned having some body dysmorphia with her um visibility and image and here we have lulu I think it's important to keep normalizing these words and having these discussions mm-hmm. because for the longest time, it is a taboo word. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's that piece too where, uh, you know, I think maybe p- potentially a little bit more historically, I guess we want to say, I think sometimes for individuals, uh, eating disorders and anorexia, maybe specifically, like we have associations with certain types of people. Mm-hmm have that and I think certain you know ideas around it being a gendered topic in a lot of ways so I think exactly it's really important that platforms like drag race like you're saying are really pointing not only to saying eating disorder or this or that but the contestants coming forward and talking maybe about struggles with things like anorexia specifically to just almost normalize it in that regard to be able to say, Hey, this is something that I struggle with as a queer person. And certainly we all know that as well, right? Like there are plenty of queer individuals who really struggle with body image and how we see ourselves reflected in culture and media and what some of those stereotypical images are. So I, yeah, I, I see a lot of value in it and I think it does reach a lot of audiences in a meaningful way. Lavelle is very attached to her drag sister story and was touched by her vulnerability. Then we're going to see a big pylon group hug, and that is sisterhood. She's feeling the love. And then we cut to confessional where 
Lulu has a Band-Aid on her forehead. What happened? I was thinking the exact same thing. It was so distracting because it was not there. And all of a sudden it's there. And it's like, come on. Like, is no one thinking about the consistency of you've been showing her without the Band-Aid. And then all of a sudden there's now a series of her confessionals where she very clearly has a visible Band-Aid. Like, this was obviously very interesting. at a completely different time. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what what ha happened. Yeah, I, I hope we do get to know because I'm so curious. It's runway time and Rita Vega is giving dominatrix supervillain, come on evil Rita and that green lining. This was a fun look. I was like, okay, we got something cool and different from Rita Vega. The one part that I wasn't completely sold by was the train on it. I don't know. I think I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if that was completely necessary. I think when you're going for that kind of dramatic look in those colors, I'm almost of the mindset of like, let's keep the body just a little bit more tight and simple with the extravagant headpiece versus huge headpiece, yeah. this whole outfit plus the train. So that was my one piece around it. I think maybe we just needed to scale one element back. Our panel tonight includes Leo, who is giving Chiara Francini a run for her headpiece money. We have my lover, Musti, and joining them are a crazy bunny hat man named Elvis Pompilo and El Belgique editor, Marie Bjorn. Um, I feel like you and Mr. Elvis Pompilo would be pals. Oh, 100%. I was like, where do I get that hat that he's wearing? Let me really try to find some of his hats. I love a statement headpiece. So the bunny ear. He's made some hats for a lot of famous people. Yeah. He was like working with Madonna and stuff. I was like, okay, work. Yeah. I mean, if you could have any custom hat made, what kind of hat would you want? Oh, boy. I. I actually saw when I was in New Orleans over the summer, um, there was like this top hat that I saw that was like full sequins with basically like a Barbie coming out of it, like her arms out the side, like legs out the front. So something like that, like something with Barbie integrated, but like fantastical, some chic colors and shimmer. It's definitely in that family. Why didn't they do a hat runway with the man there? Honestly, great question. I feel like they definitely should have because it's like this person is iconically known for a specific fashion item. Why didn't they do like a fascinating fascinators? You know, like there it, it is. Yeah, like you could very easily do that. So unknown, unknown. Category is over the drag bow in honor of the runway. We will be playing live in living color or doom and gloomy. I know there was a lot of directions I could have taken it this week, but I was like, let me just do it this way. We're going to play it this way because I'm sure we're going to have a lot more color runways this year. So we'll save them. Probably. Morfei doing black. I think black is a hard color for the runway, but she managed to make it work for the challenge and for her. It's very simple, like very simple, but it's styled well enough. It just lacks a structure. I think the makeup and her attempt at storytelling it was a bit odd. It's a fine look, but then when you try to add all the other elements, it just muddies what you're trying to mm -hmm. portray. Yeah, that's really where I fell with it too, because I think she's onto something. If you're going to have black, I think you do have to play with the textures a little bit to try and not make it look so flat and to really break it up and give it some life. And I see the direction she was going in with the makeup and the styling. Like, I get it, 
but something about the finished product, it unfortunately, even with the variation she tried to do, to me, it still looks just kind of flat. It almost looks like the top is made out of paper or something. So right. I don't know. I don't think it really came together the best way that it could have. So I didn't totally love it in the end. I'm going to give it a soft live and living color. I'm going to give it a doom and gloom. Audience, 50% live and living color, 50% doom and gloomy. Well, how about that? Chloe Clark, right? Chloe Clark, you in red. I think for someone who doesn't know how to sell and sew it, it was a nice attempt. It was asymmetrical for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why the nude paneling had to be there. Now we're going to discuss it a couple times. That's just what the leather piece they had was. The scarf was a bit off. And again, I think it was there because it's covering up a lack of hemline. The black pumps. I know that she probably didn't have red heels maybe with her, but like maybe ask a sis because the only black element being the shoes really pulled your eye down. Mm -hmm. A nude pump would have solved all her problems. This for me was mostly a styling misfire. Yeah. And I think that that was just a challenge for some of the girls in general this week, like was really coming down to these finer details and the styling to really pull it together. I agree with you. I think like there's of course something to be said for asymmetry and it works really well. Sometimes there's a place for it, but something about this does look like asymmetrical for unintentional reasons, especially the one shoulder. It almost looks like it's falling off instead of just being right. asymmetrical. And then I think getting like the waist then down to the skirt and the way that the skirt is finished or not, essentially. I think those are really the key pieces for me that sort of dragged it down. Uh, it was just not not tight enough. And I, you know, like you were saying, and I think like they recognize in the episode, commendable effort for sure. But it's just, you know, you got to go to Drag Race knowing some sewing basics and it really shows that she does not. They appreciate the revision of the classic wrap dress, but say it's too classic. They can tell it was her first time she has sewn and they would be harsher if she wasn't pretty. Listen, beauty gets Jim and Gloomy. Doom and Gloomy for me. I am going to say Doom and Gloom as well. Audience 53% live and living color, 47% Doom and Gloomy. Alvilda doing orange. Again, styling nightmare the hair really ruined a possibly good look this is where you pull out a short pussycat wig and make it work the gown itself is a bit simple not crafted well the journey the way it journeys up the collar was just at a weird angle this felt very weak to me and just felt like a long panel of fabric so i felt really conflicted about this honestly because when i was looking at just the pictures of it and the stills I really don't think that it looks good. Like it's it's definitely a little right. troubling. I don't think it photographs well, but, and I mean, I agree. I think the hair, especially with just like the one black strip, like, uh, like stretch right there, the little strip, uh, I don't think that that is uh, the right choice for this look. So that perplexed me a little bit. But when I saw it on the runway and I saw it moving, I was like, oh, okay, I actually kind of here for this. I can appreciate certain elements of it. But yeah, I think it's just another, like we've been saying with the, basically all of them so far, it's really like the, the styling choices that I feel like are doing them a disservice. And I feel like a couple of them mm -hmm. went with this 
thing around, let me just take this tool or these just whole things of fabric and just wrap them around my arms and my body. And that was also a weird choice that, again, I feel like a couple of them made. The judges say after giving credit to her sisters, they tell her the execution was a bit simple, but it looked very sexy and the result wasn't bad. They see a throwback to Paris Hilton and Paris Hilton's like, no, no. Um, I'm going to give it a soft doom and gloomy. I'm going to go the other way. And I'm actually, I was convinced once I really saw it in the episode to give it a light living color. The audience, 42% live and living color, 58% doom and gloomy. There's like some real split votes here so far. There really are. Gabbana, yellow. So her color is yellow. The bitch is wearing gold. I call shenanigans. Yeah, definitely. I think it's well yellow. conceived. How she was able to manage all those stones, again, shenanigans. It's a classic drag silhouette turned on its head. It's giving subtle sexiness. It's slutty, but make it classy. Safe, safe, safe. Yeah, I I would definitely say it was a safe choice to make. Uh, I mean, I was really here for it. And I think what really helps her as well is just, of course, how beautiful she is. You know, it's like that mm -hmm. mug and the right outfit. Like you're going to at least, like you were saying, you're at least going to look safe and you're going to deliver. Um, you know, I think it's fun to play with a little bit of the volume on the sleeves like she did. And like you were saying, I think it's just sort of a really go-to kind of classic drag silhouette so i wasn't mad about it the the like you were saying as well the color thing is confusing to me because it's very clearly not yellow and why they said that that was okay and let her get away with it after the stink that they were raising last week around at least one person being slightly off the runway theme i don't know why she got a pass for that but i thought that she delivered it was enough to be safe i'll give her a live and living color I am going to do the same. Audience, 76% live and living color, 24% doom and glooming. Sarah Logan in green. Michelle Visage is screaming at her television. I think the biggest problem is green has a variety of shades and families, and somehow Sarah picks all the ones that do not pair well together. Mm -hmm. From a styling perspective, it is a hot mess, and a flat green wig is the thing that sealed the deal for her. I feel like she used the silhouette with different fabrics. We might have a case for a safe, but with such an abysmal color story, she had to be in the bottom. I guess we had to ask, do we blame production or her? Like, who's to say? The colors were just so poorly paired. Yeah, and I exactly. I think when you're going to play with shades in a color like green, you have to be so careful. You really have to try to keep them in the same family and the same general vicinity of shades. Otherwise, it's really going to go pretty wrong pretty fast. And I definitely think that's what happened here. I think unfortunately with the way that she approached some of the elements too i mean like quite literally just that one lighter shade that she has that goes from the front to the back and this is seemingly sort of these just straight up pieces of fabric that she's strapped underneath the belt piece it just like that just looks like oh you threw it on there to add a different element like it doesn't necessarily look the most intentional or planned out so i think those elements and just overall like you were saying the arrangement of the colors certainly how flat that wig is is not helping anybody i think that should have been a completely different choice um i think just all of the pieces really did not come together for her here the judges say they like the work on the sleeves but overall it was it 
leaves a lot to be desired. And the panties fail. They didn't get the direction she was going with. Neither did I. It is doom and gloomy. Yes, also a doom and gloom. Audience, 19% live in living color, 81% doom and gloomy. Madam Yoko, blue. I think I was living in a parallel universe this episode. Again, styled poorly, but um, also terrible color selections. You have this bold royal blue as your train and then come in with this purple-based navy and then a third blue that does not work. And then that wig, oh my God. It just, it, it, that wig, if you're going to give it to anyone, should have been given to Alvilda. She needed that wig for her look. I just hate everything about it. If this is a design challenge, it was a complete miss. If they are honoring technique and structure, then I understand her placement for this challenge. But the fucking corset just sitting there like it's part of the look? No way. No way. Yeah, I, I like what you said about just maybe if it was a challenge around structure and how they created that, maybe it would make more sense where she was placed because I agree with that. I think certainly the strength falls with some of the, I guess you'd say, tailoring elements and the structure that she was able to build. I did kind of laugh that she was using the little prince as the inspiration and like she quite literally had a crown just in the middle, like that just felt very obvious. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I do hear what you're saying. I think maybe some of the mixing of the colors isn't as strong as it could be, but I was impressed by the way that she was able to execute the top. So I wasn't super mad at it. I was like, okay, yeah, this was another one where I was like, she's safe, you know, compared to some of the ones that were definitely in the bottom. I was like, this is okay. The judges say they caught the Little Prince reference, but the wig makes her look a bit flat. They tell her she lacks life on the runway. Doom and gloomy. Not a good one for me. I'm going to give it a light living color. Audience agrees with me. 41% live and living color. 59% doom and gloomy. Love of purple. I think she told a story through her character. Is it the most elegant and extravagant? Not a chance. Is it safe? Perhaps. I think that she had styled it well enough, but it does age her in quite a bit with the way the silhouette falls on her. It had no reason to be in the bottom, but technically it's not advanced enough. Yeah, I think for me, it just, I guess, especially now that I'm like taking another look at it and I'm sitting with it, the, the word that comes to mind is just heavy. Like it just, yes. it's, a, it's a very heavy look. I mean, the hair is beautiful, but it's like, you've got a pretty substantial piece of hair. You got a pretty substantial unit on. And then just the huge column of the purple plus the purple wrapped around the arms. Like again, this thing of just wrapping the fabric around. Uh, and then plus the additional wrap around the waist with the completely different fabric. Plus then a chunky neck thing. I'm just like, it looks heavy. You need to let yourself breathe a little bit more. And I think maybe that is a part of what ages the look as well. And maybe makes her, her look a little bit older in that regard. I just think this was just another one of those classic cases this week of making some of these finishing and styling choices. And if they were done in a different way, it probably could have given the look a different feel. The judges say she didn't go all the way in the sewing challenge as there was no hemline and the dress was too long. They call her out for, they call her fall as an accident and should have gone with the villain she created. Sure, I'll go with a 
soft live and living color? I'm going to give it a soft doom and gloom. Audience, 50-50. Yeah, they're like, I feel like so many of them are very close this week. <laughs> very close. Star doing pink. I think it's Disco Princess from Space. I like this and how she's able to give it her personality. I guess the nude paneling, again, is just that leather and none of them had any time to line it. Um, so we're going to call production out on that one because obviously it didn't look as bad for her as it did for um chloe because a nude and pink is better combo than nude and red mm -hmm. i do think it's a solid look for design challenge despite all the elements that comprise it. it it's a good enough look yeah and i guess that's how i felt about it too ultimately i think it was just good enough because i i like you're saying maybe you know i don't think it was necessarily completely her fault but I think there are some interesting elements that she has going on. I think the styling and like her makeup and all of that, very cute. The one shoulder details on the one side, that is also doing something interesting. I didn't feel like it fit her as well as it could have. I think that the waist could have been a little bit tighter just to make it look even better. And then I feel like it was one of those where the more that you looked at it, the more you were noticing that the things seemed a little bit off here and there. Like when they go back to untucked and they're sitting on the couches, I felt like I could see the seaming of the, the nude portion coming through a little bit more. And like, it, it looked a little bit rougher again, the more that you looked at it. So I can appreciate the effort and I see where she was going, but this was another one where I feel like just the finishing was not there. I'll give it a live and living color. I'm going to give it a light living color. Audience, 71% live and living color, 29% dim gloomy. And finally, Lily Velva in white. She knew this was her challenge and made sure she presented something that is in line with her. It's angelic, but make it gay. The construction is sublime. The styling is very her. It was a very bold move to go wigless. But because her hair is the shade it is, it popped so well and completed the look. I would have removed the mess, mesh face piece. It didn't seem finished, but overall, very well done. Oh, yeah, completely. I mean, this was, I feel, far and away the best one this week. Like, it felt very much sort of like a no contest, I guess. Um, so, I mean, certainly, again, in my opinion, the strongest one of the week. I do see what you're saying, and I think I agree that the little veil headpiece, I could take it or leave it. I don't necessarily think it adds a lot. Um, but I think the the volume of the shoulders plays really well with then how the skirt comes out and has some volume. I think that makes a really compelling and interesting visual shape, especially on the runway. And I think, like you were saying too, just the, the choice to go wigless, I think that it also made sense because of the volume play in the outfit itself. So it didn't feel like, oh, I wish there was a wig. I don't think it takes anything away. So I really love this. I was definitely a big fan. The judges say she was perfect. They call it light, even without the wig. It's what Celine Dion would have worn to Eurovision. Now I would like to talk about that for a hot second, friends. Uh, so Drag Race Belgique. They put a little post out yesterday with a photo of Lulu in her look and a photo of Celine Dion from Eurovision when she won for the song um and i shared it and then i got flagged for copyright infringement 
I don't know if it's because I shared the post or is it because I posted on there that fun fact, Rita Baga, the host of this current show, wore that look for her Night of a Thousand Celine Dion. So full circle. Still got flagged. So here's my message. If it was one of y'all fuckers who flagged me and said it was copyright, fuck off, unfollow me, get out of my life. If it is an algorithm problem on the part of Instagram, that's a massive issue because now this is the second time I've been flagged this week for content. Just saying, why are we fucking with queer content creators? I don't get it. Yeah, and it's it's interesting if it is truly like a potential algorithm thing that fa- that uh, Instagram was catching. I think that's interesting because they let the Drag Race Belgium account post it in the first place. You know, so it's kind Correct. of like if they were if they were posting Celine in the first place and then you shared it, like why was the original post able to stay? I don't know. So very mad about that. Very mad about that. And again, I just don't understand why Rita didn't be like, hey, I wore something like that on my show. Did she want us to forget about it? Maybe. Maybe she would, because maybe they would be like, it's favoritism because clearly that's Rita's style because she chose to wear something like that. Like, so maybe that's why. It's alive and living color. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Audience loved it. 94% live and living color, 6% doom and gloomy. Rita has decided that Morphe, Gabbana, and Star are safe, leaving Elvilda, La Lily Velvet, Madame Yoko, Chloe Clark, and Sarah Logan as the tops and bottoms. I'm not even going to try to justify these decisions because I would have shaken it up so much. I I feel like ultimately I agreed with the outcome, honestly, in terms of the tops and bottoms. I, I really thought that it felt pretty accurate to me. I mean... Because I think that the bottom, it was one of those where it was like the winner felt really clear. The bottom two for me felt pretty clear. Sure. So I was like, everything okay, else was I mean, weird. Yeah. The, then the rest, like we were even seeing from the audience votes, it felt like so many of the looks fell just like really mixed. So I guess I, for me, that kind of translated to, yeah, you could mix and match plenty of the combinations, but the winner felt clear. The bottom two felt clear. The queens head back as the judges try to make us understand what had happened. But first, the safe queens are ready to get their drink on. Star is safe again. Morphe doesn't think the judges got what she did. And Star was a bit shocked to be safe as she thinks she was better than that. So we're already having some tension in the workroom. And maybe that's what the judging was about because we need some life this season already. (laughs) Right, right. Morphe is becoming sour milk. That's a reference to our friend Milk (laughs) and is getting quite upset that the judges aren't understanding her vision. The second she said that she'll do her best to stay. I was like, okay, fine, bitch, leave. If you don't think it's working and you're not happy with results, go. Yeah, no one's keeping you there. There is a Zen feeling in this rainbow room, but they all know that Lulu is winning. Sarah believes that the normal name girls, herself and Chloe, are going to be lip syncing. And Sarah thinks that there are no decisions made yet. And honestly, that should be the case if one of the bottoms was already in the bottom. Like, you you might be able to stay, but then we have to talk about how we get the result that we do. Let's get to it. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Queen's return to win of the week is Lulu Velvet. She wins Bling from Astrolab. Madame Yoko, Alvilda, and LaVille are safe, leaving Chloe Clark and Sarah Logan as the bottom two. We agree. We're, we're fine with these results. Yes. The song is Mad About You by Hoover Phonic. 
To all my Belgian listeners right now, I am sorry to reveal this information. Uh, for those who don't know, we all know that I love me some Eurovision. Here's another Eurovision um, moment. Hooverphonic was part of Eurovision. They were supposed to be in the 2020, but COVID, so they were pushed back for 2021. I love Eurovision, so like when I watch it and I have time to watch it, I will like rank everything. I gave them second to last. I hated the song so much. So I apologize to all my Belgian <laughs> listeners who are going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, at least you have Moosey this year. True. That's all I'm going to say about that. How do we get with the ultimate result? They gave them a song that was out of Sarah's element while wearing something that was out of her element. And that's how you get eliminated on Drag Race. Yeah, I do. Honestly, I don't know. I was a little bit like, even with those factors, I kind of thought that Sarah did a better job because it was like, she was lip syncing. And I, maybe that's what it was. I was like, you could really tell that she was like, right. Making the effort to match the, the lyrics and the words with her mouth. I think Chloe Clark did a better job with the track, but Sarah Logan is the stronger overall performer. She was just, I think, a bit too chaotic when the track needed to be a bit more controlled. Sure, sure. Also, according to Wikipedia, Hoover Phonic is known as trip hop. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you would know the answer to that. Yeah, because I'm like, it's definitely a genre that I've heard of, but I'm like, thinking back to the song, I'm like, is that really? I wouldn't consider that trip hop. Like, that didn't. I'm a bit of. Because it's like. Shock. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, because it's like trip hop is like, uh, it's like a fusion of hip hop and electronica. Right. And I'm like, I don't think that that was that song. I wasn't I getting so any, either. I was not getting any hip hop from that song. I was a bit shocked by the result, but I'm not broken up about it. I think challenge alone, her look was much worse. In the end, Chloe Clark is two for two being saved in a lip sync and Sarah Logan is eliminated. Do you agree? I actually don't. I mean, I think like I was just saying, um, I thought that both runways were pretty weak, but I did feel like in, in my opinion, that Sarah did a slightly better job with the lip sync. And given that Chloe had already been in the bottom the previous week, right. you know, I think I was just like, all right, like, let's let Chloe go. So I was a little bit surprised at the result. And I definitely didn't completely agree. I'm not sure why we got the result that we got, because I feel like Sarah Logan overall would be able to bring you a better overall package on Drag Race. I agree. I'm not, not sure we're going to get that from Chloe Clark. Um, I'm very concerned for her moving forward, but I almost wonder, like, I know we have another Flemish queen present. Is that part of why they saved her? I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out what Chloe Clark will bring that they want another week, two weeks, three weeks from her. I think it's safe to say that she's not going that far. No, I, you know, when you're starting out this way, you know, it's like your days have to be numbered. So I would agree with you. I'm like, I'm very curious to see what they have in store because it's just, I don't know. Like how, you know, how do you eliminate Sarah who clearly seemed to, and especially from what she describes, like have a pretty wide skill set and range of talents of abilities. 
So how do you really send her home before she could showcase so much of that for someone who's already been in the bottom twice in a row? I don't know. I got some burning questions to wrap this up. Are you ready? Ready. What is Sarah's legacy? I think, honestly, her makeup and the transformation, because I was thinking about that when she was on the runway this week. She, in drag, she can look so beautiful and look so drastically different than out of drag. So I will give her that. Are you calling her busted? I, I, I mean, I didn't say that, but... Listen, it, I'll it, say it again. She's younger than I am, and I think I look much more youthful. But hey, face tattoos do things to your face. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's the face tat. But yeah, I, I will give her uh, the beauty in the makeup. That that will be the legacy. And it's just crazy to me, knowing what she wore last week and how almost perfection it was, and now she gets eliminated. I think we're going to miss out on some really amazing looks, which really sucks, but whatever. Yeah, I would you know, agree I, I think she too. was. I think she was a very well-rounded drag artist and I, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain why they don't want her anymore, but um, maybe she's our first official rod goddess of 2024. Maybe. Who won the week? Who had the best episode? I definitely think Lulu because yeah, it was like in incredible, uh, incredible challenge performance. Plus we got, the more background story elements for her and her drag. And that's going to probably propel her pretty deep into the season, if not to the end. So I feel like it's got to be. Yeah, I agree. Lulu, 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 We got a girl group challenge next week. Who will do well and who will drop because they've popped? I am hoping that Gabbana does really well. I could see something like this falling into her wheelhouse. Um, and then I think potentially in terms of people who will struggle, I think that Morphe is probably in danger. She's just not that extroverted type of person, doesn't strike me as that sort of high energy girl group kind of gal. So I think she's probably in trouble. And, but I mean, also, I mean, if Chloe is a dancer, maybe this is Chloe's opportunity to excel. My fear, and I know that last season we didn't see that happen because Susan was just so fucking good at everything. If this is a lyric writing challenge and French is not her more dominant language, I do fear for Chloe again. Um, because talking in a language, you have a little more of a uh, of a give, but trying to write an entire verse in, in French when it's not your dominant language might be a bit of an issue. So that's fair. Um, th this could be her chance to dance her way out of the bottom. Um, but I, I feel like two weeks in a row, her confidence is shaken. Yeah, probably. But we do know that sometimes they give those girls like three chances to lip sync. And then the fourth one is when they're out. So... Uh, that's what, but what you were saying it's is how true. I'm thinking about it. You know, regardless of maybe how lyrically it comes together, I'm wondering if Chloe does have the the ability to dance her way out of it, like you said. We'll see. We'll see. After two episodes, the winner of the season is. I am actually going to maybe go a little bit of a potentially controversial route, and I'm going to say uh -oh. Alvilda. Ooh, interesting. I mean, it's definitely there. I think she's definitely getting nice stage presence. Um, there's something about Lulu I feel like they really are captivated by. She's doing well. Um, she got a lot of story arc this week, and I don't think it was just for this purpose. Um, yeah. I feel like she's got a story to tell. 
yeah and I listen do I mean we we always love diversity so let's honor diversity yeah but and I think for me what I've what I've been thinking about a little bit more and I definitely see what you're saying especially in terms of this episode and being early in the season to be able to get all that development um but you know I was thinking like across the episodes it was sort of like you know, Alvilda won the first mini challenge and then did well enough in the first main challenge. And then here we are again, and she's in the top for a challenge that she didn't really feel like was in her wheelhouse. So there's something about that that I'm like, this could also, this has potential for a possible winner or finalist edit. We'll find out soon. Yes, right, we where can we will. find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at OG double underscore fag. And you can also find me on Blue Sky. And that is just at OG fag. Right now, I don't have too much going on because I'm continuing to recover from some recent surgery. So you can just find me trolling around the internet. Specifically, we're here in Valentine's week. And you know what that means. Slut Pop Miami is coming from my girl, Kimmy P, in just a couple of days. So I'll definitely be hyping all of that up. And I'm ready to have my first experience with that on Wednesday. We'll see how that turns out. Well, it was a pleasure having you here. Thanks for joining Yes, always a wonderful, fantastic time. Thanks so much for having me back.